All right, so it has been far too long since I've posted anything uh, on this podcast, but I'm very grateful to have a new friend of mine, Jonathan Crum, here with me, and I'm just going to let him jumpstart everything. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, tell us, just kind of briefly introduce yourself, what you do, and then yeah. I'll even let you segue. I believe you just started a new podcast as well, so if you want to... It's very new. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I will kind of give you the condensed version because um, I know I look really young, but <laughs> I have been around for some time. So, um, you know, we, my wife and I moved here to Jacksonville a little over two years ago. Um, I've got a background in ministry um, as far as senior pastoring, um, executive pastoring, doing just about everything. As you know, in ministry, sometimes you can be sweeping floors all the way up to uh, preaching sermons. Mm -hmm. And so uh, God's been really faithful to us over the years. And uh, we lived in Nashville, Tennessee, a little over seven years, and God called us to Duval. And so (laughs) we've been enjoying uh, the city and all that it has to offer. And The primary reason is that I work with Gordon Conwell, uh, which is a theological seminary, Mm -hmm. and I get the distinct pleasure of working with students who are, some are kind of working out their calling a little bit, others are trying to kind of sharpen their tools as they're being sent Mm -hmm. to ministry, and so I do that full-time. I'm a full-time parent. Uh, I don't know any other way to do it. Uh, my wife and I have been married 17 years. I got a 12 year old son, six year old daughter. She is incredible, but she's a mess. Mm-hmm. And my son <laughs> is getting ready to be a teenager this year. So this is a new thing for me. So I spend a lot of time just talking with them and seeing what's going on in his mm-hmm. mind because I don't want him to feel like he's alone in yeah. this journey. So. But yeah, that's a little bit about myself. That's awesome. And this new podcast, I did get the chance to listen to uh, the first... I guess you have two episodes out right now. Two episodes. Yep, Um, it's super new. Yeah. People may hate it. That may be it. We don't know. Well, I listened to it yesterday. Um, How did you come about wanting to start that? What's it about? And what's kind of your goal with with starting that up? Yeah, so it's, it's, I've been thinking about it for a long time. It's called, I can say the name, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's called the Makarios Life, and Makarios is Greek for blessed, to be mm-hmm. blessed. And this is really a journey of me, myself, and faith. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, a little over seven years ago. And it presents challenges, but Mm. uh, the goal of Makarios is understanding that we're blessed despite what challenges we may face because when the Lord comes back, every problem we've ever faced Mm. is going to disappear. But we don't have to wait until then to enjoy it now. Mm. And so... The message is helping people to look beyond whatever challenge they may face. Maybe they are dealing with a disease or maybe they're dealing with unemployment or a challenge in their relationship and to understand that, yes, Jesus is going to redeem everything when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But as believers, we can actually begin to see some of those things in our life now right. as we 
continue to follow him and give him priority in our lives, we can see some of those things changing. And so it's not really about, you know, how people can get blessing from the Lord because there's too much of that. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of redeem it from that of mm. us not trying to get something from the Lord, uh, but really trying to enjoy him. Mm. And I think that that is something that can really be used today. But we'll see. Cool. Yeah, you know, no, that's awesome. We're two episodes in, you know. <laughs> so we don't know. Yeah. We don't, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be seen, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I enjoyed the first few. And um, I, I've only known you for just a little bit. Um, but uh, talking with our pastor here, he's like, yeah, I didn't know. Like the biggest secret that you mentioned in the first uh episode um so it's cool that you're kind of taking that step and um i'm sure i've known a few people that uh with ms and stuff in their life so it's cool that you're kind of taking that on and um talking through i think the second episode was just kind of with depression and things like that so it's cool that you're kind of starting something to be a voice in that arena yeah i've looked around and i just you know when people deal with disease there is almost this shame that can kind of come with it Mm -hmm. and I wanted to give a space for people to understand that hey you're not in this by yourself I see you we can do this we can do this together yeah and you know I before I did anything I just kind of talked to my wife and I was like you know what do you think and she's like I think it'd be a great idea yeah for sure um, so she's kind of the the catalyst uh, of me doing that because mm-hmm. a lot of things I do kind of play close to my chest and and Chris yeah. is right I didn't a lot of people if you weren't like close family you you didn't know mm. um, and and so that's why I wanted people to know and to know me and to mm. know that uh, there are maybe people in their life other people like that and so right you know cool that's awesome well, yeah, if you don't already follow his podcast, I'm going to be sure to tag it and everything when we post. So uh, follow along, listen in, because um, I think it will definitely be, be a blessing for a lot of people. Um, why don't you also go into kind of your story? It can be the bullet point version if you want, but just kind of your um, coming to faith and repentance uh, and belief in Jesus. What did that look like for you? And then uh, kind of leading into what you're doing ministry-wise now? Yeah, so I was raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad always kept us in church. We used to go to a really small church when I was coming up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was literally like our family and the pastor's family. And um, it was very interesting because (laughs) we were there all day. We were actually a part, and these are things that you don't find out until you get older. You start asking questions, <laughs> and, you, and then your parents will be truthful with you. Yeah. We used to go to church on Saturdays, and people would say, well, are you Seventh-day Adventist? And we're like, no. And I said, well, Mom, what, what are we? You know, and she said, well, back then we were what they called Sabbath keepers. And I was like, mm. okay, had never heard of that, and I, I don't know how we got into that. but, And we were there for a season. It really wasn't until... I got to more of like middle school, high school that I started really kind of thinking about my faith. Mm. I mean, I accepted Christ when I was about 10 years old in a basement in a 
church and it was myself and my sister and because we were the only kids that showed up to Sunday school <laughs> yeah. and they were like do you want to go to hell and we're like of course we don't <laughs> no. please give us an alternative <laughs> yeah. and so we decided to say hey we'll be Christians that seems right. that seems right yeah <laughs> but didn't live into the realization of that until mm -hmm. later on and so Really in high school, I really started to investigate my faith and what what do I believe and who is Jesus? And I remember um, before I had to make a decision where I was going to go to high school and we ended up, I ended up going to a particular high school, but before I even took my first high school class, my parents took us to the campus of Oral Roberts University mm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And they have this room where you can listen to his story and the things that God had done in his life. And I remember sitting in that little auditorium and it was like, I really felt like God said, you're going to come here. And sure enough, when I graduated high school, I only put an application in one place in the Oral Roberts University and I got accepted. Mm. and. It really became an opportunity for me to learn more and to grow more. And it was really from there that I was able to kind of see God do some incredible things yeah. in our lives. And so I finished up there, didn't know what I was going to do um, until I linked up with our senior associate pastor at that time. And he said that God had called him to plant a church. And I thought that was great. I had no idea what that really meant. <laughs> yeah. And I followed him out to North Carolina and helped him, played a part of helping him kind of establish the church and it grow. It's still a church just growing to this day. Cool. And it was at that location, it was at that church that I felt the call of ministry. Mm. And so from there, my wife and I, we went to Bible college and we felt like God was asking us to move back to my hometown, which is Portland, Oregon. And it was there in Portland that I took on an executive pastor role, started preaching more, um, helping with the logistics of the church. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time in church assimilation, uh, which means that we, my goal was to make sure that first time visitors or people that were interested in becoming a part of the community have a clear path to do so. You right. would not believe how incredibly hard it is to join some churches around. Mm. Like, like people who love the Lord, feel God is calling them to be there, and they're like, hey, I wanna join. And people are like, well, Just wait keep, for yeah. wait for new members. Well, when does that happen? We don't know. How long is it? I'm not sure. Like, yeah. these are things mm. that, you know, mm. people should know. And sure. so, spent a lot of time uh, in that particular area. I'm trying to fine tune and help certain ministries. So I've helped several ministries over the years to kind of mark those things out. Currently, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it's hard to find good churches. And so <laughs> when we moved to Jacksonville, it took us about a year or so to find a church. We're currently at Hopewell, which is a church out of Mandarin. Mm. Um, we we really literally just finished our new members class, but. I've been meeting with the pastor and we've, we've been talking about assimilation and how we can streamline things and kind of make things. So mm. that's kind of working on that end. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I serve as a volunteer chaplain mm -hmm. at a, uh, on a local team that's here. And so between that work, um, I'm 
taking classes at the seminary and being plate. a father. I <laughs> yes, I've got a full plate, but God has been good. He's mm. been faithful. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, that you have some other you know local church experience, and now you at your new church might get to play a role in that. That's actually one of my favorite things here at Ocean Park was our membership. Just the process itself, I yeah. loved the classes. I loved. I actually went through it a second time. I loved it so much um, when they had it the second time after we joined. So, uh, getting to know like the history of the church, but I also love how seriously because uh, membership's important. It is, and so. uh, to have a process to really, from the pastoral standpoint, to protect the flock and yeah. affirm. I, I just love it. So that's really cool that you actually have your hands in that. You know, right now. You know, it's important for a church to to be able to define their community standards because we live in a society now where things or organizations call themselves churches, but once you get inside, you realize it's actually not. And so you want to be able to let people know early on, this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And if you agree with that, then let's be family. If not... The Bible doesn't tell you that you have to go to a specific church. Mm-hmm. We just want you to be in a church. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really important for churches for sure. to be able to define that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And kind of going into, you mentioned being a chaplain here locally as well. Um, what would you say about being a chaplain and uh, discipling some guys and uh, being a minister of God's Word there? Uh, what do you feel is one of your like favorite things about that um, it's weird calling it a job, but you know, being a part of that. Like, what is your, you know, what is something you look forward to that you just absolutely love about doing that? It's 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 bringing the gospel to these guys because they play every Sunday for mm. the entire season, and so the only time they ever get to go to church is, you know, if they're they have an, an off week, right, mm. or it's the off season. Right, And so being able to share the gospel uh, with these young men that are in various stages of their lives, like, you know, we have some rookies and then we have some veterans and then we have people that, you know, are only there for a short, short term assignment. And the, the constant theme when I ask, you know, what do you need prayer for? It's, you know, it's for their families. Um, it's for uh, safety when they travel. Um, I, I tell them I can't pray for them to win, so don't, yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to be there. Right. <laughs> I, one of the things that really got to me, kind of shook me to the core, that one time they were asking about, like, hey, pray for our safety that no one gets injured, and I pray for them, and, like, that game, that guy gets injured. And I'm like, they're going to think that my prayers <laughs> don't work at all. Yeah. You know? Who hired this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get that guy out of here. Um <laughs> but being able to listen to them. And another thing that they really ask the guys that come is like, I want to grow deeper in my faith. Mm. And it's like, that's a good thing to desire because God will honor that. Mm. Right. Mm. And so we talk about ways that they can partake of it. One of the guys that I work close closely with is the player rep who kind of gathers the guys around, does Bible studies with the guys. And so... You know, I just, you know, when I come there, I get to check in on them, see how they're doing, how their week's been, hear about whatever their challenges have been, and pray for the guys and and do my best to deliver something that is going to encourage them, but it's also going to challenge them. Right. Because 
we need both of those mm -hmm. for growth. Sure, sure. And how, how long have you been doing that for them? So this would be my second season. Okay. So I'm in the middle of season two. So in your time there, has, has there been a recurring theme or area where as you've been working with these guys that you would like to see like growth or, or change maybe or maturity, you know, uh, talking about the stuff that you really like and enjoy, like kind of the opposite, you know, what are some things that you might want to see change or? It's really hard to get to a place with the guy, these guys where they trust you and mm. will invite you into their lives. Yeah. And so there's been a handful of guys that will talk about their family situation or, you know, things that they are facing that are challenges. And so mm -hmm. you have to play the long game in this. I know yeah. sometimes, you know, you know, back in the day, you know, evangelism was all about getting someone to accept Christ in like one setting. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, like discipleship is like mm. a, is a process mm. and just staying in it. It can be so discouraging because sometimes you don't hear from the guys or, you know, sometimes you're wanting to connect and they're a little, they're a little standoffish. And there was one guy that I've been trying to really kind of draw closer to, he he was a little late for the chapel service, but I could tell he kind of wanted to talk. And so this was good. And so I just hung around. Now we do chapel, you know, like on the field. So it's been notoriously hot. Yeah, and so insane. I'm sweat yeah. is pouring from every pore of my body, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm here for this guy. Mm. Like I want to hear, you know, how I can, you know, be your brother in these situations and encourage you and see what's happening in your life. And so, you know, you want to, you know, I want to be mindful and take advantage of those times that come because they don't come often, you mm. know. So, mm. I mean, they, the guys do have a game to play. Right, afterwards. right. So, yeah. you know, they got things they're thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I guess, too, like, are you more limited with some of that than you'd want to be, like, yeah, there there are parameters. They they yeah. keep us at bay because, you know, it's it's a Christian organization, and you know the culture is becoming more hostile towards mm -hmm. what they think Christianity is. I don't think that they're really rejecting what biblical Christianity is, but at mm. times they have this idea of what they think it is, and they don't want that. Mm. And so the interaction, I have to allow it to happen organically. And if the guys want to connect, mm -hmm. it can happen. But I can't, yeah, there's yeah. nothing I can do to speed up that process. Right. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing, I guess, in some ways. But <laughs> being faithful where you're at is important. And like you yeah. said, the opportunities you do get to... Um, you know, press into those, especially when you're having to do it outside and not so great conditions, you know, um, fairly regularly. So um, no, that's awesome. And one thing that I like to ask on on this podcast is, you know, um, I interview different pastors from different denominations and things like that. So what would you say is maybe one theological belief that you hold dear, that you you believe 
and how does that belief impact how you actually do your your ministry how do you put as i like to say some hands and feet to that you know yeah. that theology yeah it's, it's almost kind of like asking you know which one of your kids is your favorite <laughs> so, yeah i thought about this yeah so i was grateful that you sent me that yeah question of course uh, so as I, <laughs> You know, one of the things I think about is the in the end that Christ is going to restore all things because we live in such a broken world. Mm -hmm. And even in the Christian worldview, we don't have answers to every problem, but we have the answer to the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was having this conversation with my son the other day because you know here in Florida the curriculum you know it's there are certain things that are mm -hmm. happening in the curriculum that really shouldn't be happening mm -hmm. and so we're I was having this conversation about how there has been a big difference in how we are approaching or interpreting American history mm -hmm. And I said, well, son, there are, here are some things that you need to know about American history because you're an African-American. And these mm -hmm. are things that you, you need to know that you're probably not going to learn in school, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, this, so there, you will see injustices in this world. You're going to see things that may make you mad. There's going to be things that you don't understand. But I want you to, number one, if you can make things better, to make things better. But number two, understand that when Christ comes back, he's mm -hmm. going to fix all these things. Right. Because when we see in Revelation, we see that there are multitudes at the throne of God from every tongue, every ethnicity, every mm -hmm. There is a rainbow of people. So, so right. he's not coming to do away with those differences. Right. He's coming to unite us and make mm -hmm. it a perfect union. And I said, so that is something that you have to constantly keep in front of you to not be discouraged because if we could fix these things, they would have been fixed by now. <laughs> and so we have to put our hope mm. in knowing that, hey, man, listen, this is not great, but I'm so glad that it won't be this way forever. forever. That at yeah. some point in time, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to right mm. all the wrongs, that mm. the line is going to lay with the lamb, that people who experience challenges and disease in their body will have a new mm -hmm. body and they'll mm -hmm. never have to worry about that There'll be no more tears mm -hmm. there's just so much good to look forward to that the the blessed hope that we have to look forward to right that is one of my biggest things um, personally and in ministry wise because we do see so many things uh, that people do face and they need right. that hope right yeah for sure i love that just because um, we can't experience, like you said, that full, um, yeah, sense of unity. We are in a broken world, a sinful world, and the realization that God's ha God has us here um, for for these purposes. But eventually, one day, <laughs> finally and completely, um, He will righteously judge all things. And uh, what we can't—I mean, we can't really control much anyway, but. Um, the fact that one day all things will be made right. Um, it almost seems too good to be true sometimes. 
but that's you know faith and just trust that he will he will do it and um, you know do you do you find that difficult day to day to practice that or do you or maybe even right now with the guys you're working with is that something that is a recurring theme or that you wrestle with I've really internalized it Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways my wife would say that you know whenever we've faced challenges and things like that she's like you know you don't you know you don't really get your feathers ruffled and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I'm just not a frantically I'm not a frantic person Um, I do take my time to kind of think through things and process things and I do that because I want to have the right perspective so that God can still speak to me. Mm. And I have a I have a standpoint in life that if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. right, then God is going to make sure that I'm taken care of. Right. Now what that doesn't mean is that everything is going to be perfect in my life right. because we don't see that in scripture at all right but it does mean that in the most challenging times of my life that he's still with me Mm -hmm. that I don't have to ever worry about being alone and that there is always an answer right right it might not be the answer that I want Mm -hmm. but God cares so much about us becoming his own and us going through this process of sanctification that I would be a fool to think that I am in that I am the best version of myself now, Mm -hmm. right? That God is doing things in me to help me closer aligned, hear him better, uh, to sacrifice, to be a better vessel for him to use. And so that's just my standpoint of just like, hey, you know, things might not be great right now, but everything that we face that's a challenge is temporary. Right. And if you think of things like that, even in your most challenging times, it is temporary because either Christ is going to come back and squash it all or we go meet him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a win win proposition for the believer. (laughs) Yeah. That either I I see victory on this side or I see victory on the other side. Mm. But one way. I'm going to be able to experience victory in the Lord. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The eternal mindset, you know, keeping our eyes on the eternal versus the temporary, um, which is very hard for me to do, but um, anchoring, anchoring our hope and our, and our trust there um, definitely eliminates the need to worry or the need to feel like I have to, fix everything you know um so that's awesome that's that's really cool um lastly and this might actually bleed into and i didn't really plan this one so forgive me if i put you on the spot too much it's all right but, it's all right <laughs> but uh with your your podcast and just kind of releasing the big secret you know um how do you feel like moving forward do you feel like that will affect any of your ministry relationships does it uh affect sometimes your own study and wrestling with your own kind of this disease that you you know uh now have to or you have had it but living with and like as you try to maybe help other people 
who are suffering with similar things in their faith, like, um, I don't know if that question makes any sense at all, but yeah, just kind of yeah. balancing your own, maybe not doubts, but struggles with that and how you, how that might now affect your relationships elsewhere with that kind of being out and about. It's been a journey. It really has been a journey because um, with MS, some of the challenges that you face are fatigue. Mm-hmm. And so that's not fun, especially when you have young kids where sure. they want to go do things sure. and your tank is on empty. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You know, uh, you deal with mental fog. So cognitive things can play a part sometimes, which sometimes, you know, if I'm like right now, I've got a test I'm going to be trying to really be prepared for on Monday. Mm-hmm. What I've realized is that I have to play a serious game of priority. What, mm. how do I, how can I prioritize my life that the things that have the most significance can get the most of the energy that I have? Yeah. And what are things that are, they're important, but maybe they're a lower priority that I can maybe chip away at over, over time. Mm. And so yeah. my wife's been really instrumental because she can sometimes recognize uh, recognize my highs and my lows. And so she can shoulder some of the burden, especially if it's caring for the kids or if we've got a, a, a schedule, maybe a weekend that's really, really jam-packed. And she mm-hmm. looks at me and I'm like, I, I don't have it. And she's like, hey, well, then we, just, then we just won't do it. So that's been very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, really as far as like ministry opportunities and things like that, I just, there's certain things that I can kind of power through at times, but I do realize that everything will come at a cost. So mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that whatever I'm involved in, that I have the proper time to kind of recuperate and sure. get back to back to a place. So I mean, when I establish my weekly rhythms, I make sure that I have some time for recovery, yeah. especially if I've got a pretty jam-packed <laughs> schedule. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's helpful setting aside time overall for for just rest um, is is a very important thing. But on top of that, like you said, it's just now or it's been a natural thing that yeah you're just more tired and the mental things uh with uh the cognitive things as you study and stuff i know that adds another layer of i'm sure frustration um yeah sometimes sometimes. yeah um so it's it's good to hear though that amidst all of that you it very apparent to me that you have a very eternal mindset and that in the here and now yeah it's not the best and God still can use it, and um, we're still blessed amid that. But also, hey, one day it's, it's not going to last forever. You know, it's not going to be forever, and that's a glorious, a glorious thought. So. Yeah, I just have enough faith to believe that when I get my glorified body, I'll be two, two twenty six two, two percent body fat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God can do all things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I want tan skin uh, from listen. being a ginger here. Hey, but <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I know you can do it. Yeah. I know you can do it. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know it. That's awesome. I love that. Well, man, thank you so much. I, I know we've only had maybe one legitimate interaction before this time, <laughs> but I feel like we're good buds already. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your Friday to uh, come sit and answer a few, a few random questions. And again, if you are tuning in for the first time in forever, because I haven't posted in forever, um, follow the can you say it one more time the Macarios Life the Macarios Life podcast uh, I'll share it um, and tag it on the post as well um, so Jonathan thanks again man I appreciate I it I appreciate it Silas thanks for having me of course